We are uh, facing a humongous challenge. Um, we had the intuition that it was going to be everything uh, but easy, the task of decarbonizing our economy. Uh, but in the recent uh, dates, I think that we have realized that it's going to be even painful. Uh, but we have no other choice. So, so um, uh, particularly now that we have, or uh, it has been evidenced that uh, energy has turned into a sort of a war weapon. So we need to decarbonize for a number of, a large number of reasons. And obviously, uh, one of the major challenges in this process is to find a way to do it in a way that, that is, as claimed by the European Commission, uh, just energy transition so that nobody's left behind and, and and people can afford that change each of us according to our means uh, in the last couple of years or so we have uh, been through uh, a number of and we are already a number of, of uh, processes that that have changed our mindset or should this have, have changed our mindset for a moment, we uh, thought, or some <clears throat> people might <clears throat> have thought that um, that this was going to be easy, that the, the costs of renewable generation had gone so uh, uh, low that, uh, that this was not going to be as difficult as we expected. But clearly, uh, we have to realize that this is going to cost uh, effort, money, and, and, uh, and, uh, and therefore, we need to take action into it um on top of that we first went through the uh covid pandemia and and this also uh taught us some lessons uh, and uh, some measures had to be implemented in order to protect the most vulnerable ones that, that either couldn't hold their jobs and they had to stay confined at home and and, and uh, they might struggle to pay for the electricity bills so uh, there were uh, at that time uh, uh, policies aimed at uh, trying to avoid and prevent disconnections uh, uh, in those moments and plans for allowing for deferred payments. Uh, so this was the first uh, test that the whole system had to deal with. And um, maybe once we were starting to be... Uh, uh, relieved from that we we thought that that this that nothing worse could happen to us but clearly um this is not the way and and, and we are going now through uh, an even major major challenge in the meantime um or uh, before the last events that are taking place related to the uh, in ukrainian invasion uh or the invention of ukraine um, the European Commission launched their, the uh, Fit for 55 um, package, which aims at revising climate energy legislation in a way that supports the objective of, of a reduction of 55% in the European greenhouse gases uh, by 2030. Uh, in the package, that uh, in this particular package, the European Commission proposed uh, already the creation of a new social climate fund aimed at helping um, European citizens to meet the uh, social and economic costs of climate energy transition. So clearly, in the, in the package, it was already expected that that a particular effort needed to be made 
in order to support uh, those ones who might have uh, less financial means to to uh, to move forward into the uh, decarbonization. Uh, originally, the idea was to uh, take advantage of the creation of uh, or or the extension of the emissions trading scheme to the uh, uh, building and transport, road transport sectors. So the idea is, well, we are going to ask for reductions uh, in these sectors that are going to come at a cost. So the, uh, the idea is to somehow extend the carbon pricing uh, signal to these sectors. And, and uh, the, the original idea was to dedicate 25% uh, of the funds that were or are expected to be collected from the auctioning of these emission allowances to the support of, of vulnerable customers in, in general. Um, the idea was to uh, benefit vulnerable households, micro enterprises, and transport users. Um, and, uh, and in principle, uh, the uh, objective of the fund is to focus more on long term solutions than in short-term uh, direct income from support. Uh, so the direct income support, apparently there is an agreement to, to limit uh, this, this amount to 25% and to try to devote uh, the biggest chunk of it to uh, renovation and, and promotion of energy efficiency measures and the like. Uh, but there are still lots of discussions on, uh, along these lines. Um, some uh, are considering that uh, the money from this, uh, for these funds should not be linked to the emissions um, scheme for building and road transport sectors. Others consider that 25% of this estimated income might not be sufficient enough, sufficient for, for the task. So there is still a lot of discussion and work work to do. And just to finish, not to extend myself a lot on these issues, I would uh, obviously have, I have to refer to the current uh, um, economic and, and, and I would say invasion situation at the time at this uh, talking, which is uh, the end of or mid-March uh, 2022. Um, Clearly, uh, in this particular situation, we realize that uh, energy, once again, is an extremely essential good. That prices not necessarily always have to be under what we consider affordable limits. And then uh, we face a huge challenge in looking for ways to, to manage these sort of situations. One lesson that we are learning from this uh, extreme energy price crisis in the European context is that first thing we, uh, the definition of vulnerable customers, of course, is related to the level of prices and at huge, when the prices get to very high levels, then the number of vulnerable customers might be way larger than what we ever thought. Um, so this, to some extent, widens the scope of price protection, if you want. Uh, and therefore, um, we need to revisit the whole uh, regulatory compound, in, in my view. Um, we are now in front of a situation in which um, gas prices are reaching levels that are from five to sometimes 10 times higher than when they were um, more than a year ago. 
and uh, and and a good number of governments from different member states are claiming that uh, that that it is not affordable for for their economy, not just for the vulnerable customers, but for the economy in general. So clearly, we need to find new solutions to fix this issue in one way or another. Uh, and uh, this is going to be a major challenge. My uh, To close the whole speech, uh, maybe I have talked already too much, um, I think that the effort should uh, be focused in a number of uh, objectives. One of them would be to uh, try to somehow improve uh, and uh, well, improve long-term markets and long-term hedging. So to try to improve uh, the current uh, market mechanisms to allow for the possibility to hedge uh, future uh, price levels in order also to somehow provide uh, suppliers with incentives to also hedge their supplies, their fuel supplies. Also, it is important that when doing so, um, we try to avoid uh, fully shielding uh, and narcotizing, if you want, the uh, customers, even the vulnerable ones, to the short-term signal. So trying to somehow stabilize the future electricity bills in an average, but stabilize in the long run, but always keeping them um, uh, or keeping the incentives for all these customers to really respond to the actual market price needs that that lead uh, the uh, the energy uh, dispatch to efficiency and the energy consumption to efficiency levels, both in the short and in the long run. And I think this is the major challenge now. Um, the, we will need to uh, reinforce the support to the vulnerable customers. This is a major, a must that we have to uh, take care of. Uh, and uh, well, we are just at the start of the way, uh, although we have been working on it for a while. So uh, the, the, amount, the um, size of the challenge, as I started um, mentioning, is, uh, is huge. So any good idea um, on the field will be largely needed.